Working 18 hour days, I slipped and I fell. Winters up and hit me, I had to change well. There's no way to sustain it, you crash and burn. Will not be able to work and no way to earn. Change well, and then you can leave. Change well, and your kids you get feed. Turn your life around for the final bell. It's now or never, you have to change well. It's now or never, you must change well. Hello and welcome to the Change Well podcast. This is Don Greer, the host and co-founder of Wellness Leadership LLC. You know, we are on the third of four podcasts discussing the well-led guidelines for a successful organization that both wants to care for its employees and have a successful mission. You can apply these guidelines to lower risk and increase organizational program and project success. Before discussing the well-led guidelines 5 through 10, let me briefly summarize the previous two podcasts. The, the full podcasts are available on the Change Well podcast uh, show, episodes 13 and 14. In episode 13, we gave three reasons why supportive employee wellness is essential for an organization's intent on ensuring sustainable success and lowering risk. A focus on employee, employee wellness leads to better decision-making, strong camaraderie, and a shared sense of purpose, and a reduction of, in sick days and a corresponding increase in productivity. In episode 14, we looked at the five well-led guidelines, all focusing on planning with employee health as a critical input. The first five guidelines were, one, acknowledge that overwork is counterproductive, so plan for downtime in your schedule. Never overallocate your people. Two, build downtime away from work during the week to allow people to focus on non-work-related tasks. Therefore, they're refresher when they work at the task at hand. Three, Incorporate fun and incentives into work. Indeed, all work and no play makes for a dull existence. Four, my favorite, keep your team energized with healthy and culturally appropriate snacks. And five, don't risk your employees' health by making them come to the office during a weather or other emergency. These are just the five highlights of these first well-led guidelines. Episode 14 has a lot of examples on how to implement them and anecdotes of what goes wrong if you don't. Now let's jump into the well-led guidelines 5 through 10. Guideline 6 overall. First, build civility and respect for the individual in all company processes. We all know what happens when people do not treat each other civilly. You have stalemates, animosity, inaction, and resentment. Just look at the dialogue on Twitter now, you know, now that it's X or even when it was Twitter. 
or our, or our current political impasse. On the other hand, we all know what happens when a team actively listens to one another and allows a voice for the opposite viewpoint. You make a better decision. You avoid group thinking and you build a shared purpose. But let's, let's be truthful. This is not easy. This does not mean you never need a tiebreaker. That is when true, authentic leadership emerges. It also doesn't mean you have consensus. What it means is that everyone involved understands the reason for the decision and emerges as colleagues who respect but do not necessarily agree. And perhaps, just perhaps, the opposing viewpoint is turned to when the initial decision does not work. How do you build an organization based on civility and respect for the individual? It sounds hard today. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm going to turn to two political figures. Our first president, George Washington, and a hero of mine and favorite professor, Texas Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. When he was 16, George Washington wrote 110 rules of civility to guide his life. Washington wrote down the rules, presumably as a simple exercise in penmanship, but later committed them to memory and practice. They helped develop the decorum, civility, and courage that guided Washington through war and the birth of, a, of this nation. You can read Washington's Rule of Civility on the blog that I uh, posted in the show notes. The rules, initially composed by French Jesuit priests in 1565, range from the practical to the profound. Respect and civility toward friend and foe are at the root of the rules. Rule 1 lays this idea out perfectly with the words, Every action done in the company of another ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. Many in the public sphere and other and in companies would do well to take this rule to heart. Most of the, of the 110 rules have applications today. We're not going to go through all of them. But one of them that I found particularly profound was Rule 18. Read no letters, books, or papers in another's company. But when there is a necessity for doing so, you must ask leave. What does this mean for our sixth well-led guideline? When you are in a face-to-face -face meeting, Shut the laptop and don't use your phone. If you're remote, put your camera on and be present. No multitasking. Listen, make the meeting productive, get it done, and uh, be engaged. There are many, many more applicable rules of civility. We have added a link to my blog on this topic in, in, the, in the show notes. It's called uh, Washington Rules of Civility for Today. The second person is Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. Many of you who passed through Austin have seen her statue, uh, and she's the namesake of the airport. 
Miss Jordan, who I was fortunate enough to have as a professor at LBJ School of Public Affairs, was a towering intellect, the epitome of integrity, and a hero to all Texans. She also encapsulated in one person the power of diversity and the spark and the spirit that binds us together. Miss Jordan, I, and other students had many engaging debates in a classroom. These discussions were always governed with what I call Miss Jordan's rules of civil discourse. They were taken from observing her, and here's what I observed. A, she always understood all angles of an issue. In particular, she could often articulate the opposing views perspective, and sometimes it was mine, better than they could themselves. B, she would then clarify where she agreed with their perspective to emphasize, yes, indeed, there is some common ground. And finally, only when, only then would she respectfully bring up where she differed from the group or person's perspective and with concise arguments based on her view of the facts. And the key word is facts. So these are two things that you can put into place in your meetings, in your discussions. Emphasize that people need to root their discussions in facts and listen to each other's side civilly and come out of any decision as friends that uh, are colleagues that agree to disagree and and always keep the opposing viewpoint in the hopper because it may end up being the, the right decision. So that that's rule six. Rule seven. We're talking a lot about people, but here's a key one. Technology is to help, not replace people. This next rule, believe it or not, is related to the one that came before it. Organizations, particularly uh, technology-focused ones, can show bias toward technology, just as human-focused organizations can, can show bias toward the person with the loudest bullhorn. Use technology, particularly AI, in a judicious manner. AI and other technology should be used to free humans from the mundane and to spark creativity from from the launch pad of technology. Not to replace humans entirely, but to add more value to the organization. Rule 8. Celebrate diversity and learn about other cultures. Diversity of, of opinion and the ability to share ideas across cultures, creeds, generations, and genders is transforming. Each of us bring to a solution a unique perspective that no one else can replicate. It is tempered by our experiences, upbringing, and the place we call home. Each person was put on this earth to fulfill a unique purpose. A true leader's mission is to meld the singular talents of each person to gain the best result. What unites us is undoubtedly more significant than what divides us. 
And what unites us is the spark of humanity in each person. It is also imperative for, for personal growth to learn from one another and to celebrate differences. In Rule 6, we already talked about how civilly discussing and listening to diverse opinions brings better decisions. But it is also essential to allow people to be exposed to other cultures in a non-work environment to build understanding. One way to do this, and here's a suggestion, is to build an event like I did with my team. Each year we had a fun time. Everybody had a, it was a paid meeting. We had a fun time called Festival of Lights, where team members all over the globe shared their holiday pictures and discussed their Festival of Lights, you know, like Diwali, Christmas, Hanukkah, Bodhi Day, Kwanzaa, and many others. It was not mandatory, but people loved it. It showed the commonalities. Everybody had their families, pictures, and, and we could all see the sameness, but also the differences of our team in a positive light. And we learned a, a little bit about, you know, the different cultures. So this is the key thing. Diversity of opinion in the organization and learning about where each of us was brought up. Number nine, always plan for training. Not planning for training when taking on a new venture or bringing a new person into the organization can hurt morale and stymie productivity. In my experience, most people want to expand their capabilities and follow their organization into new ventures. It is therefore crucial to provide them an opportunity for well-constructed training so the person can feel that the organization is vested in them and they are enabled for the task in front of them. I've seen too many projects go south because the leadership did not take the time to refresh members on crucial training topics or introduce new training for the new venture. The last for today, put mechanisms in that lead from the bottom. The best ideas come from those performing the heavy lifting. So develop an incentive pro system to capture team members' ideas and offers incentives and in recognition when these ideas are used. People will feel great about themselves you will learn what your team is seeing on the ground and you can improve your services. Now, this, this was rule six through 10, the next five. Next week, we'll have the final five rules for the well-led organization. Until, until then, change well. <laughs>